interesting wrinkle in the back and forth between the United States and Russia. Yeah, indeed. The uh, United States government announced that, and this is, this is odd, this, I don't know if it's completely unprecedented or what, but that the RT network, the Russian finance TV uh, folks, would have to register as foreign agents. Uh, Russia has answered with sanctions of their own. Journalists are reacting. And to discuss the story, we welcome Andrew Roth, reporter for The Washington Post in Moscow. Andrew, welcome. How are you? Good. How are you? Uh, very good. Thank you. So is this the the first time the U.S. government has done something like this in recent memory? No. I mean, you know, there are a couple other news agencies that are listed under under the legislation. Uh, I think NHK from Japan, uh, China Daily, but I could be wrong about the name as well. I mean, this happens. It's, it's somewhat rare. Uh, the legislation was actually, you know, thought up uh, in 1938 uh, to oppose any kind of sort of uh, Nazi-supported groups from uh, from pushing propaganda in the state. Uh, now this is the way it's being interpreted today. Ah, interesting. So that's the origin, and that makes perfectly good sense. And then it's all about where do you draw the line between a legitimate news organization and some foreign group that's trying to just push their uh, propaganda on us. Sure, it is an interesting distinction. Was there anything specifically cited by the U.S. in passing the measure they passed? Uh, you know, in particular, they were looking at the, the 2016 elections, pretty much the, the bonus contention uh, between the U.S. and Russia over the past year or so. Uh, that's kind of working its way into every element of uh, the relationship between the two countries. So this is sort of just the latest, uh, we could say, setting for the two countries to kind of square off. Uh, the U.S. is angry that they feel that RT is spreading propaganda in the United States, uh, and it shows to uh, force it to classify itself as a foreign agent. It doesn't close or, or prevent them from broadcasting, uh, but it is a sort of unpleasant uh, distinction for the company, and they had to release some, some information. And now Russia is doing the same. Yeah, sometimes international relations are full of complexity and subtlety, and sometimes they remind me of two angry eight-year-olds. Uh, in, in this case, the Russians responded to the American uh, maneuver how? So they did pretty much the same thing. They said that we're going to name uh, or make it possible to name foreign uh, news agencies as, as foreign agents. Uh, but there's a, an important distinction, which is that they said that it's not just anybody who's supported by, you know, foreign government uh, money, like a place like uh, the Voice of America or Radio Free Europe, uh, but any foreign money. And that means literally any sort of foreign news agency in Russia could be considered a foreign agent. Uh, they've passed, they're passing legislation now. The question is, what uh, Russia's Department of Justice, which is called the Ministry of Justice, will do about it. So uh, they're winding up, we could say. You know, they're, they're winding up, and we don't know what the swing is going to be. So you're a legitimate reporter. How legitimate do you think RT is as a news organization? Uh, you know, I think uh, it's always a sort of dangerous line to go down when you start uh, defining a foreign news organization as propaganda or not. Um, you know, I think that uh, there are many of their uh, reports that I don't agree with, but uh, I do think in some cases that they also do good reporting. Uh, so I think that uh, it's very much on a case-by-case basis. I do think that they push a sort of Russian line in terms of what they do. Uh, but I don't think it's necessary to uh, always say that they are or are not sort of Russian propaganda. Yeah, that, I don't think that, that's, that's a tough one because we got a good chunk of people listening right now, I guarantee you, who feel like Fox is not a legitimate news organization, and a good chunk of people listening who don't <laughs> think your newspaper, the Washington Post, is a legitimate news organization. 
So, you know, who, who makes those decisions? Well, and I, the reaction I've heard from journalists is pretty overwhelmingly, hey, governments, why don't you just keep out of this? Which which is not all that shocking. And correct me if I'm wrong, Andrew, um, and I assume you can speak at least fairly freely from Russia at this point. If if this becomes a trend, the government will be the the government of whatever country you're in will be able to revoke your pr- credentials pretty easily anytime you annoy them. Yes, I mean you know the the, the position basically of, of any foreign news agency is that you know we rely on the government to to offer us the ability to work in the country. So of course, uh, any sort of back and forth could eventually harm sort of any news organization that's located here. Uh, I, I very strongly hear that idea that, you know, government stay out and just sort of let reporters do uh, what they want to do. I don't think that any reporter wants to consider himself a member of, of an info war, you know, or an information war. I think most of us are trying to do a good job and trying to get information out there. Uh, we don't think of ourselves so much as, as warriors for a country as we do just sort of uh, people who are trying to every day just get a little bit more information to be made public. And, um, you know, to all the listeners who don't think, uh, that, you know, Fox is a real news organization, don't think the Washington Post is a real news organization. Uh, there are people here in Russia uh, who are living their lives. They're very similar to you in many ways, despite the fact that the countries are very different, uh, who probably have similar views. They hear the Washington Post, and they think exactly the same things that people do in the United States about an RT. Uh, so, you know, you can call it relativism, but at the same time, it's sort of a truth of everyday life that we all see ourselves as the hero of our own stories. And we uh, we think that we sort of know everything about the world around us. So there are people who are very sure that the Washington Post is not a real news organization. The question now is whether or not uh, the government, you know, in any case, could could formalize their relationship where they say that we or any other news organization organization here is a foreign agent. Interesting. Well, right, yeah, and and I think everybody needs at all times to separate editorial boards from reporters. I mean, it's just you know. Uh, but uh, Andrew Roth, reporter for the WAPO in Moscow. How long have you been uh, doing the work over there, Andrew? Uh, I've been working here for about seven, almost six years. I used to work wow. for the New York Times before I moved to the Washpo in 2015. Do you enjoy the work? Yeah, you know, I, I think that uh, Russia is a fascinating country. Uh, we worked a lot in Ukraine, and it's also a fascinating country. And I think that there's no uh, replacement for being in a place and sort of talking to the everyday people who kind of uh, have a much more complex, nuanced view of, of this place than, than we understand. You know, it's not all Putin all day. It's uh, There's a lot more going on. Are you scared ever if you have anything negative to write about uh, Vladimir? You know, I, I think that we have a, a fairly good chance to do our job. I think that there are places uh, where it's a lot harder to work uh, and that there's a comparatively open, open uh, field, especially, I think, foreign reporters. Uh, for whom it's a lot safer to work here. I do think that local reporters here, Russians, uh, have a more difficult time. I can believe yeah, that. I was, yeah, I was just going to suggest that. But uh, Andrew uh, Roth, uh, reporter for the Washington Post in Moscow, well done, Andrew. Really enjoyed the, the chat. Thanks for taking a few minutes. Thank you. Our pleasure. Yeah, Putin can take out local reporters, right. and the world doesn't yeah. even really notice. He takes out a Washington Post <laughs> reporter, and that's going to get a lot of attention. God, if you're a Russian reporter and all of a sudden you have a stomach ache, you know, if you've been critical of the Kremlin... You got to be thinking, wow, is it something I ate, or am I about to have all my hair fall out and I die? Yeah, or if but, I... yeah, a Wapo, an American working for the Wapo, no, not so much. It's some interesting stuff, though. Yeah, it is. I mean, uh, RT absolutely has a point of view. They push hard the Russian view of the world, which 
is sometimes Washington a, Post has a point of view. Fox has a point of view. Well, yeah, absolutely. Um, but they're financed by the Russian government, and sometimes their point of view is a sincere expression of a different worldview, and sometimes it's an effort to f with us. So, and you can understand why you wouldn't want something calling itself uh, a, a newspaper that's just plain putting out propaganda. That's all they're doing, right? Why would you let him get away with that? Well, the First Amendment. Yeah. Where, where does that enter into it? Mm. So I think that's why uh, overwhelmingly the journalists I've heard from have said, oh, no, no, let's not go down this road, please. Let's not do this. So was this Trump's people cracking down on the Russians? Is that mm, where this came from? in charge. From? Yeah. I don't know precisely the mechanics of it, honestly. That doesn't fit in with the narrative, does State it? State Department, I guess. Uh, no. No, it doesn't. The narrative's usually horse hockey <laughs> so often but yeah you know the point that um mr roth was trying to make was absolutely well taken that most reporters are just trying to figure out what's going on and tell the readers and keep their jobs blah 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 but that's why it's so handy to have uh espionage agents spooks you know acting like reporters that's why they're all uh under diplomatic cover oh i'm just here to help people get their uh, visas yeah yeah that's it and I happen to have, you know, 11 years in special forces training. Um, so, I don't know. It's a tough balance. And I think being a reporter for the Washington Post in Moscow would be about as cool a job as you could have. Yeah, I guess. You've been there. I, I don't even know what to picture. So, But he seems to enjoy it. Stimulating work. It is the fanciest city I've ever been in in my life. In How interesting. Of, in terms of up-end shopping and that sort of stuff. And yet they're a, a socialist regime. How yeah, odd. Yeah. How very odd. It's as if those in charge actually milk the working people. Hmm, steal from them. Huh. Is Congress trying to crack down on what they call back page ads? Those are those prostitution ads at the back of a lot of publications. They've been around forever. Are they going to do something about that? Mm. I'm what about the things. First Amendment again? Again. Joe's My sacred right to say I'm looking for a whore, you whore. <laughs> Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. What have we decided the name of it? Stories we won't be covering. With Sean. With positive Sean. Okay. Uh, just very briefly, Reuters reporting overnight that the report to the U.S. Congress released today accused Chinese state media entities of involvement in spying and propaganda and said their staff in the United States should be required to register as foreign agents. So it's expanding. Mm. Propaganda. Like uh, we got to text some people feel that NPR is that. Like I said, some people feel Fox News is that. So, yeah, Barack Obama said as much that Fox News was that. Well, Donald right. Trump says regularly that CNN is that. Yes, uh, the propaganda stuff is obviously pretty squishy. The uh, spying should be easier easier to nail down. Yeah, yeah. At what point is aggressive inquiry by a journalist spying? Mm. <coughs> right. Well, I have a feeling this one's not done. But we must leave time for 
Stories we won't be covering with Positive Sean. Right, I love me a, a petty argument between billionaires. And what we have first up is Jerry Jones, owner of the Dallas Cowboys, kind of in a staring contest with the NFL and Roger Goodell's looming contract extension. Hmm. Jack? Mm. I no. don't care. No? No if care. Joe cares, that's fine. Mm, I don't care. <laughs> Gone. Next one. <laughs> All right. We got the uh, People magazine, Sexiest Man Alive. Sorry, ladies. Once again, it is a male. I'm uh, guessing this is one I do care and Joe does not. That'd be my guess. So, sex- Do you want to know? It doesn't take yeah. very long. Oh, yeah. You want to know who the sexiest man alive sure. is? Sure. Why okay. not? All six feet is five. Is it me? <laughs> well, he's six foot five inches. Is that you? Yes. So, so far, far, so far, so far. You think it is six foot five? Who's the sexiest man alive, according to People Magazine? Who, Alex Baldwin. Who, for Will some Chamberlain. Reason, <laughs> for some reason, people's opinion on this uh, is considered the king, right? It's like Oscar gets more credential, has more. Uh, oh, People Magazine is right. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Oscar matters more than Golden Globe. People Magazine calling you sexist right, man alive is bigger than. GQ did. Who cares? Yeah, nobody even mentioned. For instance, right? It is one of Blake Shelton. Yeah, country music star. He said, uh, "Y'all must be running out of people." Like, wow, <laughs> we're down to somebody who is somewhat symmetrical. I was. <laughs> Is that what he said? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what? I was going to say part of the reason he won is because he's so damned likable. Yeah, it, it's annoying to me. I don't know what God's plan is. So you make a human being. You know, some people got all the problems they've got. Right. And then you make a Blake Shelton who's tall, strong, good-looking, smart, musically talented, funny, and has dimples. Right. <laughs> what is the theory there? Yeah. I don't know. Like, like, take away the dimples. You didn't have to give him dimples, exactly. too. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Like, That's what I was thinking. Right. It's the just dimples. too much. So he's a sexy man. Mm-hmm. All right. He must be running out of people. <laughs> well, I'm trying to think. That's a uh, funny response. Your, your sexiest man in the past. Likeability was always a huge part of it. Sure. Back when we thought Mel Gibson was likable. Because <laughs> he used to win it fairly regularly. A couple times. And he's a handsome bloke, no doubt. But a bit of a lunatic, as it turns can, out. How many so. can you name? That's right, Mel. How many can you name off the top of your head? People's oh, sexiest man. man. I think Brad Pitt's won a few times. George Clooney. George Absolutely. Clooney, obviously. Mark Harmon? Mark Harmon? Was it a former UCLA quarterback actor? Yeah, I suppose. Oh, from the NCIS, no. one of those the shows? Coors Light guy at the time. He was like a Coors oh, guy yeah. standing in the stream. Sexy man. <laughs> no, who could argue? Um, Boy, I've been Brad, off this beat for like Andre Agassi, I'm thinking. Really? Wait, Sean wow, Connery wait. won once or twice. Hey, probably. Call, play the door sound, Michael. Jack, why don't you just be honest with us all? You have the list memorized back to 1963. Uh, I worked in music radio where this was a big deal when this would come out all the time. Among gay men. Yes, it was. <laughs> it absolutely was. A British bakery is apologizing for replacing Jesus with a sausage roll. Do Marshall we have a problem just, with this? Uh, oh, oh, no. Okay. Yeah, that was the top of the hour news did that story, right? For a lot of our listeners? I haven't heard it. Okay. Well, a British bakery chain is apologizing for replacing the baby Jesus with a sausage roll in their nativity scene. Uh, Greg's Bakery is out with their annual Christmas calendar, and one of the images shows the three wise men kneeling in the manger, uh, except instead of a baby Jesus, there is a Greg's sausage roll. Yeah. The image has attracted outrage. They have since apologized. It's not a very good idea. When you get upset about these sorts of things, though, are you concerned that Christianity is going to be uh, damaged is that what your concern is? Because I don't think that'll happen. I think, I think it's rude to mock something that other people uh, take very seriously. Uh, well, unless I wouldn't there's do it. A, a good accomplished. So, mm-hmm. No, I don't know. 
But uh, I would congratulate them on picking a religion that won't slice your head off and slaughter you and innocence in retaliation for the offense. Yeah, that's a good choice. very good point. It's easy to mock Christians because it's unlikely somebody's going to kill you. Unless your they're house. bad at it. Bad at being a Christian. Breaking the internet has become a phrase that has uh, been much popularized since Kim Kardashian was on the f- cover of Paper Magazine about a year or so ago when she was a uh, bear pouring champagne over her head onto her hindquarters with a glass balancing I, on it. I remember that. Uh, Paper Magazine is back with a, uh, an attempt to break the internet again for this year with uh, rapper Nicki Minaj appearing uh, three times on the cover herself. She got big breasts. She does. She does. Um, she poses uh, technically. She is topless on the on the cover. She does have tassels over the uh, the, the, the areola nipple area. That's I don't know the technical term. More what than should I, I be need. saying? I don't know. More than I, I need to know about that. <laughs> so, so there's tassels. Uh, that is on the internet. If you know how to use it, you can find that picture. Well, do you have the picture? Uh, I can get it. I looked at it, yeah. Yeah, she is... Uh, there's three of her. She's sitting there with her hooters hanging out. The second one of her is behind her, like, feeling her up. And the third one's in front of her giving her pleasures. Yeah, go blank yourself. That's what I say. Well, that's what's happening, yeah. Uh, It's just trying so very, very hard. All right, turn off the stupid teletype music. Um, So, uh, speaking of publications, we got this note from Ryan from Houston. We already have a national show. And his, uh, his subject is, don't feed the magazine trolls. And this is this is good. This is hip. I don't. I just don't know if it's too hip. Dear Big Freedom and Old Simple Jack. So GQ named Colin Kaepernick Gentleman of the Year. It's Citizen of the Year. Mm-hmm. I assume it's because he has a big friggin' turtle. I don't think that's it, actually, Ryan. But and people are, and of course people are outraged. Why? I must admit the only reason I ever looked at GQ was because I was waiting for a haircut. GQ wants you to be outraged as, as it is a way to drum up support for their dying business. Who knew that GQ had a Gentleman of the Year? So the next time you see a magazine try to get your try to get pubbed by your outrage, just ignore it. When Times names Mueller as Person of the Year for going after Trump, just ignore it. When Barbara Walters names Big Hat Frederica Wilson as the most interesting person, just ignore it. When Playboy names Chelsea Manning as their centerfold playmate, just ignore it. Just, it appears to be a thumb in the eye of your values. Sure, they'll keep doing it because your outrage fuels their their sales. A number of people have mentioned that... Um, Colin Kaepernick is the citizen of the year is a little odd when J.J. Watt raised $37 million for hurricane victims. Um, but again, so is Ryan smart and hip? Is this our should be our stance? Or as talk show hosts, would be we be ignoring the very fuel that runs the engine? Yeah, I don't know. I think it's worth mentioning. I don't know. I don't get outraged at these things, so. You've lost your capacity for outrage, have you? GQ magazine, who they determined to be the citizen of the year. I, I can't imagine getting worked so up. So anything that. goes in your in your world. Anything goes. They start shooting babies out of cannons. You're not outraged. See, at so, least I laugh when I'm using straw man arguments. So Please. I got the list of uh, People Magazine's Sexiest Man Alive. It goes back, they started in 85. This is the reason you remember the name. It was the first time anybody had come up with this concept, and, ah, they, and they went with Mel Gibson. Right. That's why it got so much attention back in 85. Yes, he's an Aussie, you know. Then it was Mark Harmon. He's not crazy about the Jews. That's what I hear. Harry Hamlin. Uh, d- d- Mel Gibson, not Mark Harmon. John F. Kennedy Jr. As far as I know. 
Yes, yes. Sorry, Mel. As far as I know, Mark Harmon has a perfectly harmonious relationship with our Jewish friends. One interesting thing is the sexiest man alive is almost always in their 30s or 40s, not Hmm. 22. Hmm. Huh? Uh, I don't know what that means. Um, Probably has to do with the readers of the magazine. Yeah, women, yeah, yeah, 22-year-olds aren't reading people. House frows who don't cotton to books. (laughs) Uh, Sean Connery, Tom Cruise. Sean Connery. Now, Sean... This is late 80s? He was 59 at the time. Wow. That's fabulous. Tom Cruise when he was 28. Patrick Swayze. Nick Nolte. Nick Nolte. Richard Gere. That's quite the follow-up to Patrick Swayze, isn't it? (laughs) You go from Swayze to Nolte. Kineo Reeves. Brad Pitt. It's actually pronounced Cunini. Denzel Washington, ooh, a black, most sexy man. Fabulous. Breaking the end, whatever. I'm sure that was a talk radio topic at the time. Leap forward for something. Finally, it was, yeah. He's Uh, a fine man. I love Denzel. I like him, too. He's good. Is it what I read the other day? Religious guy? Something interesting about him, though. Yeah, he's he's a patriotic, uh, America-loving feller. Yeah. Thoroughly decent human being. George Clooney, Harrison Ford, uh, Richard Gere again, Brad Pitt again. Pierce Brosnan, Ben Affleck. Mm, I remember that year. I was very disappointed. Uh, Johnny Depp, Jude Law. Johnny Depp. Dang. That's before he revealed himself to be really, really wacky. I drive a Lincoln with a weird look on my face, Matthew McConaughey. (laughs) (laughs) Giant. Playing bongos in the nude. (laughs) George Clooney again because he can't get enough sexy George Clooney. Right. Matt Damon, Hugh Jackman, Johnny Depp again. Hugh Jackman, you're moving too fast. Johnny Depp again, okay. Ryan Reynolds, the first sexiest man I wouldn't recognize if he walked in the room. I don't know Ryan Reynolds. Invented the rap, correct? (laughs) Not quite. Oh, the aluminum foil was his invention. That's correct, yeah. Bradley Cooper, Channing Tatum, Adam Levine. Weighs 105 pounds. They're getting a little younger, aren't they? Uh, he was in his 30s. They okay. were. There are all these people all in right. their 30s. You got their age there. Okay. Clooney was 45 at the time. David Beckham, Dwayne the Rock Johnson, at age 44 last year. He's Our next wolf. president. He's a large, large man. And now at age 41, Blake Shelton. So there you go. Um, I wonder. I don't know how they determine these sorts of things. If you do know, don't explain it to me. <laughs> That's the real key. Oh, so it looks to me like it's time for George Clooney again next year. <laughs> He's about due. <laughs> then Johnny Depp. Let's <laughs> come up your news, Marshall. Well, a lot of praise for the heroes involved in yesterday's Northern California shooting rampage. North Korea ramping up its over-the-top war of words against President Trump. Oh, and they break out the old gal in a pink dress again? I love her. And the disturbing truth about the ice in your drink. And yes, this is an FM story. Oh, no. Yeah, I'm interested in those stories. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Let's jump into the news with Marsha Phillips. Shots fired at seven locations as a gunman went on a rampage in rural Northern California yesterday. Four people were killed, ten injured in Tehama County. One of the locations, an elementary school. That's where police credited quick thinking by the school staff who quickly put the school into lockdown when the, sh- the shots were heard nearby. And because of that action, it is very likely they saved lives. 
School Superintendent Richard Fitzpatrick. This was all done in an incredibly short amount of time. It was probably 10 or 14 seconds between when the last door was locked and he came around the corner and opened fire. Surveillance videos showing the sack, the stupid angry coward unsuccessfully trying to get into the locked school, first ramming his truck through the gate of the school, then trying to get the locked doors open. All this time he kept firing through the windows and the walls of the school. Hitting some of the children. Somebody that crazy, angry, and violent. Everybody knew it. Everybody was afraid of him. Everybody talked about it. And there's nothing we can do. It's a bad enough story as it is, but it could have been one of your all-timers. Oh, yeah. Just... yeah, yeah. And, and it, th- that one really speaks to the, the, the disease in our society, the contagion of... That's how I'm going to act out my mental illness, my anger, whatever. Yeah, doing exactly. That. Yeah, the, the the difference between six weeks ago when he was angry and stupid and violent and crazy and all, and right. the, the only difference is he's seen other people do this and he wants to do it himself now. It's just it's a contagion. North Korea ramping up its war of words against President Trump. Oh, come on now. That's uncharitable. North Korea's take on President Trump's Asian visit is that he's a coward who deserves to die. The state media ripping Trump today for insulting dictator Kim Jong-un. Trump had tweeted that he did not call Kim short and fat after Kim referred to Trump as an old lunatic. The infamous Mean Girl tweets. You're, you're, um, you're an old lunatic. Oh, yeah, well, you're short and fat. Yeah, the paper... Wow. Paper calling him a coward for canceling his planned flight to the DMZ when he was in the Korean Peninsula. The trip was called off because bad weather created unsafe flying conditions for the presidential helicopter. Trump is not a, I'll take the high road and just let that lay out there and let the world judge who is the better man. He's a... Uh, oh, yeah. You hit me, I hit you back harder, which he has said over and over again. Yeah, well, you, like, put the dick back in dictator. <laughs> Bartenders are revealing the disturbing truth about the ice in your drink. <laughs> Business Insider asked mixologists to weigh in on what they'd really love to tell customers, but really can't. And mixologists. One of the, and one of the things was particularly disturbing. It turns out almost no restaurants or bars clean their ice machines as regularly as they're supposed to, which means you could be drinking contaminated drinks. Go ahead, that has what? What's in there, Marsh? What could be? Uh, Dust? Dirt? Insects? What? Well, no, they're filled with viruses. Viruses including the neurovirus. The neurovirus, as you know, originates in human fecal matter, otherwise known as human FM. It's fecal matter with Marshall. It's a sick enough. I've uh, known a lot of bartenders, shock. And uh, they have told me that the, the ice and the fruit are just disgusting. Because mm. you get everybody's running through sticking their hands in there after mm. you know everything else they're doing. And mm. you, Sean, you're a bartender. Never underestimate the cleanliness of a bottle of beer. Yeah, exactly. Go in and order a bottle of beer, you're fine. <laughs> just not enough hand washing among mixologists these days. And that's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the voice of the West. On the other hand, it's not like we're all dying that half the people who uh, eat and drink at a bar with the ice and the fruit are, you know, ending up with the norovirus. No. No. We don't want that, though. Nope.
You'd think there'd be an outbreak of some sort, though, if it was a serious problem. Sure. You know, 15 people who drank at this bar, blah, blah, blah. But next time you go in, you get the poopy ice. Next time you're sitting at a bar, of course, you know, maybe that's not your lifestyle, but just watch how often some 23-year-old waitress at the bar restaurant walks by and sticks her hand in the ice of the fruit and then goes back over to doing whatever she's doing and they're just constantly running around. Mm, It's pretty gross if you watch. Tending the money at the bar, like yeah, changing yeah, bills and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's why you ordered your iced tea NFL, right? Yeah, no epping lemon. <laughs> um, what percentage of U.S. women are size 14 or greater? What percentage of women that size are portrayed in the media? There is a disparity. Hmm. Not shockingly. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. just looking over the benefit enrollment at our work and uh i don't know if i can confirm that uh, my five-year-old has not used any tobacco products in the last year i mean i'm not with him every minute i don't know what they do at kindergarten doing the breaks they go out behind the slide and smoke cigarettes he might be got a little chew between the pink the cheek and gum yeah i'm gonna go i'm gonna i'm gonna roll the dice and say no mm. but i don't know that um there's two things i wanted to mention one of them flitted out of my head maybe that was one of them could be um, I got friends who say, you want a cigar on the golf course? And say, nah. Part of it's because I told the uh, the insurance people I never smoke. And they say, lie. I say, I won't. What happens if, uh, what happens, I don't smoke, so I'm not worried about it, but what happens if you uh, lie and then that someday they catch you? Is it how big a problem is yeah, it? Well, I think if you get something terrible, then they, do they go- take like a sample of your hair or your bones or your spit or something? And That's what I wondered is and- if they wouldn't pay your... Wouldn't pay for your stuff. Yeah, yeah. I'm curious about that. I am too. Because then, and then, wouldn't you have to completely tie it into the smoking to be able to deny the to be able to deny the coverage? Well, I tell you what, they make it hell to get the benefits you're supposed to get. Insurance companies in general. So imagine if they have a reasonable case against you, how difficult it would be. Yeah, that's a good one. Oh, I remember. I got this text that is absolutely great. So we were talking the other day about. Um, the, the giant NSA hack, which has gotten a lot of attention, as it should. Wor- worst breach of security, likely, in, in our history. And uh, bad guys got all kinds of stuff from our very best people. Read the NSA hack. Imagine you're a physician, and your practice's medical record falls victim to a ransomware attack, compri- compromising your patient's records and identity. I know a case where this happened. Mm. I, have a pers- I have a feeling this person is the particular involved. Mm. Imagine further that the federal agency that enforces privacy laws when it comes to being a a doctor, HIPAA laws, catches on to the fact that you are compromised, and the feds decide to fine you a million dollars for what they deem inadequate encryption of your patient's security. Wow. Then imagine the outrage at finding out that the very ransomware tools that hacked into your system, which you are now paying a million dollar fine because you didn't protect it, uh came from the NSA because they didn't protect their own stuff. Wow. And that is actually happening. 
You're, wow. you're paying a fine to the government because you got hacked by the best weaponized tools out there that our own government developed and couldn't keep secret. <laughs> so what are you supposed to do? You couldn't wow. stop people from getting it, but I'm supposed to be able to stop people from getting it. You're the NSFA. That's amazing. You know, that's a, such a beautiful illustration. I, You know, I want to write a, not a book about this, but I want to hip America to the you did something wrong tax, which has become just pernicious in our society. If you get you get caught speeding or you roll a, a right turn on a red light or something like that. The fine's 350 bucks, which is incredibly stiff, by the way, that whole rolling a right turn thing. Same fine as if you go through the intersection at 50 miles per hour. Yeah, I know you could be reckless, too, but uh, shut up. Anyway, <laughs> you, should, you should hear. Sometimes I have a fist fight with myself when I get a little mouthy. But so you get that. And then there's the uh, $40 courthouse fee and then the uh, $35 uh, county fee. And then there's the $75 processing fee. And then there's a $25 fee to go to traffic school and blah, blah, blah. And, and if you bring it up, people are like, well, you shouldn't have run a red light. And so this the most insidious thing that actually came out of the Ferguson, Missouri thing is that uh, it turned out the county had been targeting the, your lower half socioeconomically with fine after fine after fine for stupid crap all the time because that's how they financed their government because they knew those people couldn't fight back, that you did something wrong, fine. So that poor physician is out a million dollars? For not protecting people's uh, medical stuff, which is a big From deal. From the tools that the NSA got stolen. Right. Let get stolen. Yeah. That may be the most exquisite, gigantic Olympian example of the you've done something wrong tax and its stupidity I've ever heard. That are the best uh, hacking tools that anybody's ever developed on the planet. We let get away. And now when right. somebody uses on you, it's your fault that you weren't able to stop it. That's right. crazy. Yeah, that is absolutely insane. I did hear a former NSA guy say, and uh, this was a little different than the interview we did, he said, this stuff is so sophisticated, it would take millions of dollars and many people years to put it together. So it's not a hacker sitting on his bed. It's a, almost certainly a country right. that had to do that would have the money and the manpower to come up with the, uh, the tools that got into the NSA. Right, but if you're not able to stop that, you're a bad guy. Okay. Ah, right. Great. That's annoying, isn't it? Yeah. And, you know, back to the other thing. Well, it's 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 kind of the same thing, but... So you're telling me all the taxes I pay, income tax, God, we're just getting our property tax bill. Oof! And Painful. And, and we haven't sold our other house yet, and so... Yeah, doubling up. Oh, it's delicious. But anyway, all those, <laughs> the, all those taxes, and you're telling me the county needs an extra $20 to let me sign up to a private traffic school or for a computer uh, to, to somewhere to click and say, Joe is signing up for traffic school. And I haven't gotten a ticket in ages, by the way. Um, but uh, how can that possibly be? I pay taxes and I go to the courthouse. I got to pay you $30 for the right to pay my ticket or a parking ticket or whatever. How can that possibly be? That's ridiculous. We're just getting jobbed. We are getting jobbed. Absolutely. Nobody cares. And the rich get richer. That's That's, not what we're talking about. That's the way I end every conversation. Takes one to know one. All right. So that pissed me off. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, I know. How much time we got, Michael? I'm trying to decide where where to go. You got a minute 30. Okay. Well, we got a conflict at an Ohio State University uh, uh, sorority house. 
Oh, I got a, I got a follow up on this tobacco thing. I oh, should okay. throw out while we since we just talked about it. Judge Roy Moore is on his way to that sorority house. I have a feeling somebody allegedly with, somebody with knowledge found this out. Um, Stephen Moskowitz came up with that. It's a period of contestability. Anyway, if you lie about smoking and they catch you within two years, no insurance for you. After two years, um, they're stuck with you. But for two years, you can't get any health insurance if you lie. That's a pretty big penalty. So like, keep that in mind if you're lying about the smoking. I don't know how they catch you. Wow. Wow. They see you standing out back uh, smoking a cigarette at work. I don't know. Maybe. but Yeah, I don't know either. How do they test for that? I know how they catch you doing various other things I may or may not have engaged in, but uh, tobacco, I don't know. I think they put you under the bare bulb and slap you around. <laughs> Great. Um, how about the patch? <laughs> Is the patch okay, though? Because if they test for nicotine, I'll say I chew the gum. What do you think of that, bastards, huh? How about marijuana smoking? They don't ask for that. Is that because there aren't enough negative health effects? Mm, no, there are negative health effects. I just don't... That's an interesting question. They don't ask you if you drink. They don't ask if you smoke marijuana. They just they only ask if you smoke tobacco products. They send a guy around and they ask random patients, Hey, can I bum a smoke? And if you have one... Ah, good one. Oh, insidious. <laughs> Play on your very kindness, your human kindness. Do a brother a favor. Hey, can you give me a smoke? Ah-ha! Out comes the clipboard. Fraud! No insurance for you! <laughs> The insurance Nazis. That's right. Uh, You are listening to The Armstrong and Getty Show.